When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Uh, yeah, I believe so. How about you? Oh, I am absolutely ready to bring on the weird. Nice. This is a a weird thing. What's a weird thing? Well, I mean, <laughs> I said, what do you want the title to be? And you told me, and I said, okay. <laughs> well, let's do that then, I guess. Yes, we are going to do it. <laughs> I actually got the uh, idea from the cryptid book that I am now listening to a second time. A second time? Wow, that good, yeah. huh? Yeah. Do you want to endorse it a it, little bit? Sure. It's uh, Chasing American Monsters. Hold on. I know I got it in here someplace. It's seven hours long. Narrator is great. The author is great. Seven hours yeah. and you're on your second time through? Yeah. Holy shit, man. Chasing American Monsters. Over 250 creatures, cryptids, and hairy beasts. The whole cryptid thing is... Jason Ofut. What? The whole cryptid thing is kind of funny because there's so many of them. And then you got to wonder, like, is there so many because somebody saw it, like, twice? You know what I mean? Like, was it just a, a, a mangy deer? Well, see, I, I was thinking about that, too, when I was looking up. What was I looking up? I have another cryptid book where it's like, it's more of a, a not a dictionary, but an encyclopedia with just very short blurbs about each thing. And I was just like, I just scrolled on my phone through the PDF and stopped mm-hmm. and looked at this thing. And I read down just a little bur- blurb of it. And I'm like, those things are real. So at one point, this is just my theory now, at one point these things were hidden animals, cryptids, but then more study went into them and they became, you know, just regular creatures that just don't show themselves very much. Right. Hmm. I wonder, I mean, it is kind of interesting because there's still tribes that have no idea what technology is is you know what i mean right so it's very possible that there's creatures we have no clue what they are where they are we have nothing we have no idea about them right so if you we're always it seems like every year there's a new species of insects that they find yeah all the time man so i mean any of that before would have been encrypted because well eight people saw it or one person saw it and it disappeared. You're never going to find it again in right. that person's entire lifetime. Yeah. You ever? I mean, 
sometimes I wonder though, they're like, oh, we found a new insect. Like maybe that was just like a weird thing that came out. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just, just like a simple mutation. Yeah, like and they're like, No, it looks like a grasshopper, but instead of two bouncy legs, it has three bouncy legs. Like, well maybe that was just a weird mutation. And now you're saying it's a whole new insect. Yeah, I, I wonder at what point they decide that it's an offshoot of the species or it's a whole other species itself. Does there have to be like five of them? Yeah, I, I'm i sure there's some way that they determine it. And we're just, you know, dummies. And we're saying like, well, how do you know? How do you know it's not just a mutation? And they're like, motherfucker, right. like, we're looking at DNA, we're doing all this shit, and we're like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, who knows? I don't know. But there's, well, we're not going to run out of it about to talk about them anytime soon. Why is that? Because there's so many? Yeah, there's so many. There's uh. 250 in this book alone, and that only, that covers, I don't. that's not a good word for it, that is an example of 250 of them throughout the 50 United States. Yeah. There's a whole other world out there. Yeah, like there could be some in Russia or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe that's what Putin's going after. Maybe he's going to Ukraine. He's like, damn it, I know there's a fucking Yeti over here somewhere. <laughs> he ran this way. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeti season. It's wabbit season. <laughs> it's Yeti season, so we send an entire platoon of tanks. Do it. You got to get it, man. I mean, <laughs> you never know. You can't have another Diatlov Paz on your hands. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's afraid of. They're going to get me. You got to get them first. That was Russia, he's right? that snail. Do what? That was Russia, right? The Diatlov Pass? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it was real, real close to the like the northwestern border. Hmm. I think, maybe something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Do you do, like aliens? Do I like aliens? Yeah. Well, I like the idea of them. I like the topic of them. I don't know if I like. I've never met one. <laughs> you know. Right. You like cryptids. Uh, yeah, I like cryptids. Uh, again, I've never met one. I like the idea of them. Do you wake up in the middle of the night in a medium sweat, thinking about the multitude of ways the human race can perish in one swell foop? Uh, I wake up sweating a lot, uh, <laughs> but usually not because of that. But now, well, this podcast is for you. Yeah, it might it might have just changed, man. <laughs> now I might wake up in medium sweats every night. <laughs> <laughs> I made that up last night. I was uh, I was thinking about going to the Weird Al concert that's going to be here in August. I think I think it's going to be in this area in August. Weird Al, Weird Al, still doing shit. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, uh. see, I had this weird like fantasy in my head. Okay, <laughs> easy. You're talking about Weird Al and <laughs> fantasies now. Let's. <laughs> Me being at the concert, and I've got my bring on the weird shirt on, and he like calls me out, and he's like, "Wow, I'm I'm the weird." And I stand up. He's like, "Why do you have that shirt on? What's that podcast?" And then I'm like, "Bro, the the Dude, aliens, the cryptids. We could blow up, man. We could be Joe Rogan huge. Fuck yeah. You know, minus what, the only, cancellations. 
right on the other side, the weird <laughs> side, with Weird Al. Anyway, should we get into this topic? Yeah, uh, I got to know about this because uh, it seems, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's fitting with our name, that's for sure. Yes. Well, the and title at there, least. There are illustrations of these things too. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's hilarious. And when this dude started talking about this in this book, I'm like, it wasn't, a, it was just a very, very short part of the book. But it stood out to me because of the circumstances of the situation, the event. Okay. They're space penguins. As if nobody could read the title of the this episode. Well, it's always nice to say it, you know. <laughs> Maybe some people right. can't read. But they can hear. You never know. They they can't see. They've just subscribed. Maybe. Whatever comes, comes. Yep. <laughs> Speaking yep. of come. Whoa, way. <laughs> this incident happened in Tuscumbia, Missouri. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. What a fucking segue, dude. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> oh, shit. Where's my air horns? <laughs> Oh, I don't have the air horns anymore. I got rid of them. Oh. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this happened on Valentine's Day, 1967. Okay. In the little town of Tuscumbia. It's spelled T-U-S-C-U-M-B-I-A. Is that how you really say it, or is that just how you're saying it? Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Oh, okay. I'm just saying it phonetically. Okay. Hey. American phonetically. Americans are smart, man. What? <laughs> because we use the imperial measuring system. Yeah, we're way smarter than you guys. <laughs> Who guys? <laughs> well, all the not Americans. <laughs> we're the smartest. <laughs> just listen to that grammar. Well, all I'm, the not Americans. Just listen to us, period. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need. We're geniuses. The aliens you know, come here. I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> the aliens are going to come here and say, take me to your leaders. Take me to your weird ones. Oh. Yeah. Can you imagine that? They just fucking knock on your door. <laughs> like, we heard you are a weird one. You're like, oh, look at my shirt. <laughs> it says that right here. <laughs> oh, that's a picture of you. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So, Claude Edwards was 62 at the time. He was born at the Edwards family farm in 1905 in Tuscumbia. It's located northeast of the Ozarks, southwest of Jefferson City, and a pretty good distance southwest of St. Louis, and a little more distance southeast of Kansas City. So, do you know where we are now, Missouri? You got a pretty good idea? If I triangulated it right? Yeah. Yeah, roughly. No? <laughs> okay. Good? I guess it's good. Good enough for me, man. Now, at some point, Claude had moved to Kansas City, but after 30 years or so, he moved back to the family farm in good old Tuscumbia. For whatever reason. You know, had to run the farm, whatever. He was going for a while. But I don't know if that changed his personality, sense of the world, or what. But according to his cousin, Doris, who did an interview with I think it was the Miller County Museum in Missouri. Claude was a no-nonsense farmer guy. 
He's like, I got some farmer shit to do. I'm going to go out and do my farming. The cows are over there. I got to get the feed for the pigs. This isn't a fucking game. This is farming. So he's a buzzkill. Just a boring ass. Got to work. Don't have yeah. fun. Third, at least third generation farmer. His father, Arthur, and grandfather, George Edwards, were the ones who, well, I guess George Edwards, were the ones who started the farm. So at least third generation farmer there. Okay. They didn't have time for flights of fancy. Mm-mm. The farm looked after, damn it. Mm-hmm. Now, according to MillerCountyMuseum.org and their interview with Doris Edwards Wyrick, she was the cousin of Claude. She well remembers the day Claude was visited by whatever he was visited by. Okay. After the visit, Claude was interviewed by several local radio stations. Doris remembers that Claude was not one to tell stories. It sounds like uh, when I did the uh, Hopkinsville Goblins. Right, right. Where the the lady, I can't remember her name. Um, the, like the, the matriarch of the family. The, yeah. The mom, she grandma was, or whatever. Yeah, it was no nonsense. Like, you know, do what you're supposed to do. I don't fuck around. I saw this fucking thing. Whoa. She definitely saw it. Right. And they, they're they not just going to go to the police station at 1130 at night. Right. For nothing. Right. It's a half an hour away, for God's sakes. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's far. Right. Now, uh, another detail that leads credence to Claude's tale is his stipulation to UFO investigator Ted Phillips at the time. Claude's brother introduced him to Ted. The only thing Claude stood to gain by telling his story was the ridicule from his peers. Ted Phillips was true to his word and did not release the story until after Claude's death. But it took a little work for Ted to gain Claude's trust. This is a quote from his his article. Okay. Uh, from Ted. When I arrived at the farm, we visited for several minutes, gaining his confidence that I wouldn't reveal his name or location until his death. He didn't like talking about the sighting at first, but became more comfortable as we discussed the weather and farming. I asked him to relive the event in real time, and we began on his front porch, which faces the large barn near the landing area. So now this is Missouri. It's about, I don't know, midway, north-south in the country, and it's February, so it's a chill morning. But you still got to do farming. Yeah. On the cold morning of February 14th, 1967, Claude Edwards walked out of his home to begin his daily chores of maintaining his farm. Right away, he noticed all of his cattle in his east field were all looking in the same direction. Uh, that, that would spook me right there. You ever just go up to, not like at a fair or anything, but have you ever been to a farm with a bunch of cows? I mean, I've driven by them. I've never gone to one, but yeah. When I do some of the uh, surveys that I go out on, mm-hmm. they're on farms, or nearby farms anyway. And there was one day I went to this location, and they, the spot that I had to look at was right across. So we have the cow pasture, dirt road, and then the site I had to look at. And when I was looking at the site, I was just watching the cows. They were all just watching me, just turning their heads and looking at me. I don't know. That kind of creeps me out. Yeah. But, I mean, what? when I was standing there doing what I had to do, I was just thinking, what are those cows thinking? What's what's going through their little cow heads, little cow brains, or big cow brains? I don't know. Do they have big brains? I don't know. They got do big they ass heads. Stuff? Yeah. What are they doing? Like, do they dream in moose 
You know what I mean? <laughs> they just, when they dream, they're just like, Murr. Right, what do they dream about? Like, you know what? I got a favorite spot in the pasture, and that's where I'm going to go tomorrow. Yeah, I mean. They just dream that there's a big, like, luxurious buffet of their favorite grass, grass type out there. <laughs> yeah. Wow, <laughs> look at all that alfalfa out there. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> they wake up, and it's just a dandelion. Yeah. Damn it. Motherfucker. Fucker, it's just Kentucky bluegrass. Moother fuckers. Moother fucker. <laughs> but, you know, they were out in the field and they were all looking the same direction. Now, do you ever try to get more than a few kids to look in the same direction for a picture? It takes some fucking skill to get everybody to cooperate. Yeah, I imagine it would. And then when you put animals in who don't understand fucking English, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So. <laughs> You know, something definitely had their attention. Yeah. So, following the gaze of the cattle, Claude saw what had the attention, what had their attention. In the meadow, adjacent to his barn, he saw what he described as a massive, grayish-green, mushroom-like object, which was perched atop a circular tube. That stopped me right there. I mean, Uh, in my brain, I'm like, I'd just, I'd stop what I'm doing. That survey is over, baby. Whatever I'm, whenever I'm farming, I'm done. I'm not. I'm done gathering my carrots for the day. Wouldn't a circular tube be a cylinder? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yes, it's perched on. It's per- perched atop a circular tube, so it's on a cylinder. So it's like a, a mushroom. What like a a mushroom cap? Well, just imagine a giant mushroom. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's what I'm getting at. It sounds like a mushroom. Like I don't. I mean the the uh, the cylinder tube. Well, that would be the stem of the mushroom. Yeah. But why didn't they just say it looked like a mushroom? Well, because they needed a more more description. Oh. And it fell out his article. Okay. So did I. <laughs> you need, need more words, man. 500-page <laughs> essay. 500-word essay. Not 500 pages. That's a small novel. Now, he saw this thing in the field out there, but he still continued to do what he was in the middle of. He had a farm to run, damn it. He doesn't have time for some cock and mamey bleep blue alien business does he well i don't know man i mean if i was running a farm and i saw this fucking weird mushroom thing I, i'm gonna go check it out it could be a new crop <laughs> i'm gonna go harvest this mushroom all i gotta do is scoop a scoop a little bit off every day i'm about to be rich i just discovered a new crop man it's a giant ass eight foot mushroom right way out there I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find out what it is yeah i mean i it, mean i'd speed out there to find out but well i definitely would too <laughs> but he kept his eye on it, though, the whole time. He was, you know, he, he put down the feed bucket he had been carrying around, lashed his barn door shut before turning his attention to this thing out there. That's when he noticed it wasn't just this weird mushroom-shaped thing on his property. There were small, strange creatures swarming around beneath the object. What? Oh, yeah. He didn't have just a new, new crop to harvest. Claude figures between him and whatever was going on out there, there was about 70 feet of land, two wire fences, and a smattering of cows. None too pleased with his cows being spooked and his land being invaded, he aimed to figure out what was going on out there. Yeah. You gotta figure it out, man. You fucking cows. Eat the milk so you... Yeah, eat the milk. Eat the grass so you can produce the milk. What the fuck? (laughs) Come on. He climbed the first gate, and before he could make his way... Over the second gate, he got a little closer look at the creatures. 
He described them as about three feet tall and having a grayish-green complexion just like their ship. But his sketches of the creatures, because this dude sketched them, he sketched them out for old Ted Phillips who went out there. This uh, is sounding... I mean, <laughs> I know it's probably not the same creature because I don't know what they look like yet, but it sounds like they're like the same size as these Kelly Hopkinsville creatures. Uh, they're the grayish-green color, which that's what they were. That's why they called them... That was the first instance of people calling them little green men. What, aliens in general? Yeah, yeah. Ever since that incident, that's when they started calling them little green men. Maybe I didn't catch that during the episode. Or I did, and I reacted then. And I'm reacting now, too. I don't know. Maybe I didn't say it. <laughs> well, still, <laughs> little green men. Well, I mean, this these would be little green people, too. And his, uh, his sketches of the creatures show the creatures being a little more green than their ship. So the ship was more more grayish than it was green, and they were more green than they were grayish. Okay. Or, you know, maybe someone used up all the right shade of green from his Crayola box of 64 crayons. Maybe. And, you know, I looked that up, actually. Because okay. I, I thought about that when I was when I was going over the article, and I'm like, well, when was the Crayola box of 64 crowns invented 1958 so nine years before this incident yeah maybe maybe he had one maybe he did and somebody used up that green fucking assholes man (laughs) don't you know i'm full of not no nonsense over here using my crayons (laughs) all of them when i gotta do important work like doodle a fucking alien don't you know there was some space penguins out there where's my goddamn green (laughs) a green crayon Green penguins. <laughs> uh, going by Claude's sketch of the creatures, they either had no appendages on the ends of their arms, or there was, or there's a thought that maybe they were moving too fast for Claude to discern and add in his sketch. Holy shit! So the, they were like fingerless, no hands. So that's why they kind of look like penguins because penguins don't really have fingers on the ends of their unusable wings. Yeah, but. <laughs> Hey, we got to rewind for a second. What? It's possible that they were moving too fast for him to see him? Well, he was still like 70 feet away at this point, and oh. he he never really described appendages at all, even when he got closer. Yeah, I guess the first time you see a cheetah from like 80 feet away, you're going to be like, that thing looks fucking weird because he's moving so fast. Like, you might draw him with his legs outstretched or fucking right. in where he looks like an upside-down <laughs> triangle. Right, you know? right. But maybe, I guess. maybe their fingers were just, they were doing whatever they're doing super fast. Like Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> but they, throughout the entire description, their arms were never described as wings. So it didn't okay. look like they were like like penguins, smaller at the ends and then comes up wider. They, they weren't described as that. They look like arms, but without appendages. Hmm. Like Stretch Armstrong. He, I guess he's just fists, isn't he? Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, the, I mean, did they look like they had hands? or no hands. J- Just like, just arms. Like, just, uh, you know, the old PS1 polygon characters? Yeah. It just it comes to an end. Okay. Um, plus, this other detail would make them look like penguins as well. According to Claude, they were either wearing dark goggles or had large, wide-set black eyes. And if you look up if you just search space penguins right now, 
you'll see a picture of these things. Uh, some penguins have the streak of color above their eyes. I think generally penguins have black heads as adults, but not all species have that streak of color above their eyes. But somehow this coloring or goggles made these creatures resemble penguins. In the area where their mouths should be, they had dark protuberances. It's not clear whether Claude believed the protrusions to be a natural part of the physical features or possibly a breathing apparatus of some sort. It was definitely a noticeable feature, though. Are you looking at them yet? Yeah, I had to... I gotta put in Tuscumbia. Hey, hey. Careful. They look bizarre, dude. They look kind of rad, though, don't they? I don't know if you're looking at just his... uh, that crappy sketch or somebody's crazy artist rendering of them? Uh, well, I'm looking at a bunch. I just did an image search. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, even this little mushroom thing looks crazy. Right. Like, that's not... It's nothing like you see. <coughs> no. You know no. what I mean? Like, I mean, the the general shape of the the UFO, the top part, is what you expect the UFO to look like, sort of. But... With it having the, like, it's a, a strange uh, landing gear, I guess. Right. It seemed like it just, you've got your traditional UFO shape and then straight down the middle. It's not on legs or anything and it's not hovering above the ground. It's straight down the middle is like, like a mushroom stem. Yeah. I wonder if it inserted into the ground and that's how it lands or if it just, it can't just sit on the ground. Um, well... Spoiler warning, I guess. I don't know. But yes, it did sit. It did go into the ground. There's no indication Mm -hmm. of how deep it went in, but I'll tell you how wide the hole was later. Okay. Because the hole was still there when Ted Phillips went to his interview with Claude. And he took a picture of it. So it's on the MillerCountyMuseum.org website. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, He stood there and watched them scurry around their eye contraption, swinging their arms frantically. During the interview, he stated that he couldn't really figure out how they were walking and moving around. They didn't appear to have feet or legs that he could tell from his vantage point. Uh, But at this point, he decided to himself, they were aliens, and that was their ship. Determined to keep these things from taking off on their ship, he picked up a couple of hefty rocks. His intention was to punch holes in their ship to prevent them from taking off. Just like okay. any good red-blooded American. Shoot Look, it, this... and then ask questions later. <laughs> okay. He's not shooting it. <laughs> He's throwing rocks at it, and he Damage thinks it. this this spacecraft that flew across space or even even like went through dimensions. <laughs> he said, well, let me just pelt it with some rocks. I'll stone it to death. I know. The idea seems laughable now, but hey. When you're an unarmed 62-year-old farmer and you need to prove you're not crazy, you do what you need to do. God damn it, I said get. Get? Well, I'm going to prove you were here. <laughs> How you like that, Dan? <laughs> should we take a break? Oh, yeah, we probably should, huh? Yeah, let's take a break. All right. I feel this like this one's going to be uh, not an hour and a half, for sure. All right, sounds All right. good. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick. 
two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're gonna get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you gotta do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. So there he is, old farmer Claude Edwards with his two rocks ready to show these damn space pink ones what for. And suddenly, he was stopped in his tracks about 15 feet away from the ship and these little green bastards. He bumped right into an invisible wall of pressure. He couldn't see anything Whoa. and couldn't feel any, anything. But there wasn't an unmistakable pressure. Hmm. Just like, boom. What, how close to the ship was he at this point? Uh, about 15 feet, he said. From the ship? Yeah. That's kind of interesting because they say that the ships, when they travel, uh, a spaceship, or, I mean, it's a theory that, like, I say they say, nobody fucking knows, but <laughs> they create this, like, gravity bubble to where the ship is not affected by gravity or whatever, and I wonder if that gravity bubble would kind of bump you off of it, kind of force you away, you know what I mean? Kind of, like, when you put... I don't know, what is it, two negative ends of a yeah. magnet together? Okay, right, so yeah. there was just some sort of invisible force, but I I agree with everything you said. My my only thought is maybe they, I wonder if they made it less powerful when it was touching the ground, because it didn't seem to affect the ground at all. It was only this tube that was in the ground. Right, yeah, I completely forgot about that aspect. And I didn't if it think was about hovering, it. I guess. Yeah, maybe, and maybe the maybe the tube was just a doorway for them, and it was actually hovering. Okay, but, and the tube was a physical object. Yes. What? Because there's a huh. physical hole. There was a physical hole then. Yeah, but could it have been? <clears throat> I don't know. Some sort of. I don't know. I'm looking at these artists. To, Art, yeah, but uh, artist depictions, and they look like it's the same material as the top part. Right. I believe it's described as that same material, too, when we come to the description of the, the shaft. Ooh. <laughs> hey. I know, right? Clear Channel Radio, watch out. Why are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's in shaft. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> And this is a quote from Claude. I thought I was going right up to it. I got up there and there it was. I just walked right up against the wall. That's when he got his first real good look at the vessel. He said it was smooth and seamless. He's quoted as saying it was like shiny silk. He said the curved top of the ship was about 18 feet in diameter and stood nearly 8 feet tall at its apex. So from the center to the top of this rounded vessel... It was about eight feet from the ground to the top of it. So ca counting the, the cylinder. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, imagine a massive mushroom from the ground at the center up to the top of the thing. You figure it's eight feet and then spread out from there on either side, nine feet. The stems supporting yeah, I mean, the vehicle 
vehicle was made of the same material as the dome top, and the bottom of the dome wasn't much higher than the beings beneath. So if the beings were about three feet tall, and the top of the middle was eight feet tall, I'm guessing the bottom of the ship was at four to five feet then. Right, so if they're, yeah. if they're three feet tall, it would have to be no more than five feet for them to actually enter the vehicle, unless, you know, Doctor Who, TARDIS, bigger on the inside kind of stuff. Do you, do you get that reference? You don't get that reference, do you? No, no. <laughs> What is it? I mean, <laughs> what is it a reference of? Oh, Doctor Who, the TARDIS. It's a yeah. I don't. His space time vehicle is a police box, and when you open the doors, it's like this whole other entire room and area. There's stairs like, that go down into his lower areas, but it's all you see from the outside is just the police box, like a like Willy Wonka. Just like Willy Wonka. His was an elevator. Willy Wonka had an elevator. Yeah, but he also had the hallway where they walked in and then it got smaller. Uh, it didn't look like that inside he would have a whole fucking forest of gummy bears and chocolate rivers and that shit. That was his but factory. Wait, wait, yeah, but from the outside it didn't look like it. <laughs> it didn't look like he would have that stuff. Then you go inside, it's a world of pure imagination. Love it. That was a good one. World good of pure what, imagination. Well, both the the quote was well done, and ah. the movie is great. Yeah. I need some, like, clapping hands. <laughs> Here's another quote from him. The object just looked like a big shell, grayish-green-looking outfit, and underneath there were oblong holes where the lights were coming out. They were so bright you couldn't see when you got up there, as if a color wheel was turning inside the thing. He said they were evenly spaced oval portholes about 12 inches long and 12 inches apart around the lower rim of the vessel. He insisted they weren't windows with the array of colors radiating from them. I I still don't understand why aliens... I mean, it has to be strictly for communication. Why do they need lights? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean... Our planes have lights for navigation and also, I guess, sort of for communication. But if they're coming here, why do they need their lights on? That's a good question. I wonder if that is, we just don't understand it. Maybe it's a close encounters of the third kind kind of thing. It is yeah, communication it, on a very primitive level to them. Right. And they think that we understand it and we're just like, whoa, you know, like. Look at the colors. Yeah, we're just, we're below primitive to them. Like, we just, we still don't understand it. Yeah, we're just a bunch of piss ants just building up our little hills and living in all these shitty places. They see our planes and their blinking lights and they're like, those motherfuckers, what'd you say about my mom? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is when old Claude had enough of this. He backed up about 10 feet. This man is very precise with all of his measurements, and that's not the damn metric system either. He knew what he was doing. He backed up 10 feet. This thing is 8 feet tall, 18 feet wide. These creatures were 3 feet tall. He could see that from 70 feet away. That's a lot of feet, dude. <laughs> he hurled one of his rocks at the stationary vessel, and silently it bounced away and thudded on the ground. I really wish it would have bounced away and 
right in the head. <laughs> Done. He's knocked out. Like <laughs> I mean, the cows you are over there just licking went with that. They're already gone. The space penguins <laughs> just took off. We wouldn't even have a story then. Oh, that's true. Uh, all right then. That didn't work. So you had two rocks for a reason. You put a little more oomph behind a second throw. It it must have hit the curve of the barrier just right because it skipped over the vessel like a stone skipping over water and landed on the other side of the vessel silently. So it just, boop. I feel like he didn't throw that thing that hard then. What? Have you ever skipped a a stone across like a, a pond or something? I'm thinking this dude didn't have just like a stone. He had like a full-on like handful of rock. Ah, yeah, maybe. But I'm thinking like I could launch that fucker. I mean, <laughs> I know it would have right? went across. It would have went a hundred yards. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like well, this I mean, thing just went twenty feet. Just dunk. Well, he hurled it at the thing, and then it just skipped over the barrier that's protecting. Yeah. All right, so I guess it probably caught it just at the right angle to kind of launch up in the air and then... Yeah, that's my assumption, too. Okay. But, uh uh-oh, that got their attention. These creatures are like, oh, shit, we got to get... We got made. Natives are restless. It's crazy. We got to get out of (laughs) here. Little green critters ran around the shaft for the craft and disappeared, presumably, into a portal to enter the vessel. The, The shaft... The stem of the the mushroom was about three feet in diameter. So okay. they're assuming, or he's assuming, they they ran away from him and around this thing and then entered it from the the opposite side. I wonder if the portal could open anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know if there was a it, specific side. They just ran I mean, around just, it and said, uh, you know, they contacted whoever was on side or they hit the button just right. And it just slid open on the other side. Yeah, it just seems kind of strange that they would just magically pick the opposite side. You know what I mean? Like, it. I wonder if the portal could just open anywhere if there was some way that they could and telepathically (laughs) open it or something. Yeah, I wonder. Or they just, they could just wave at it and it would just open up on one side or the other. That's an interesting design. But once they were inside, that's when the boat started rocking. The vessel tilted towards Claude once, twice, three times before it righted itself and silently ascended off the frozen earth. The flying okay. mushroom? What? No, I'm just picturing it because, I mean, the, they say that UFOs kind of tilt in the direction that they want to go. Like, just th- with the Tic Tac one that came out, they tilt in the direction that they want to go and then go. So this one launched off. It went straight, like it tilted towards them. So I don't know if they were, maybe it, they had to make repairs, or they were wiggling it out of the hole that it had made. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. The flying mushroom took off skyward at tremendous speed and headed southeast towards Saint Elizabeth, Missouri, to vanish from the they, sight of Claude and his cows. It took off head first, like. So. Top, got, top of the dome first? I think so. And, like, it went up and then tilted out. So, the right, but the top of the dome was the leading edge. Oh. Um, so, okay, not to be perverted, so it's flying like a dick. Maybe. Or no. 
There's no real indication of that. It just said the vessel tilted towards Claude once, twice, before it righted itself and silently ascended off the earth. And then okay. the flying mushroom took off skyward at tremendous speed and headed southeast towards St. Elizabeth's. I don't know if, I don't know if it like turned itself sideways, like like if a a, a Harrier jet, because a Harrier jet kind of can lift off. Right, um, right. Huh. Oh, and it, it, there's uh-oh. no indication uh-oh. if what. Sorry, I mean this has nothing to do with this episode. Uh, my kids don't have to wear masks anymore. That's cool. Yeah, they just they just had a meeting. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's great news. Uh, they were hating it. Sorry, I got pumped. They, I mean, they they've been wearing them forever, dude. I know. And I don't have to wear. You know, I mean, we don't we don't wear them anywhere else. They don't wear them when they're playing with the neighborhood kids. Don't have to wear them when they go to the grocery store. Don't have to wear them uh, at a restaurant anymore. And they were still wearing them at school. Plus, the kids had COVID, and we like didn't get it. Like it's. <laughs> Anyway, I know, I know, I know. Um, didn't did we talk about this on the podcast, or did I talk about it with other people? I don't know. But did you see recently, or did we talk about recently? The CDC has lowered the standards for children to be able to produce words. Sooner. Oh, uh, I think we talked about this. Uh, we either did it on a show, or you had texted me or my wife had somehow i know about this yeah since we've been wearing masks for two years at least two years that development time has really hindered the the students development well i mean you got the the visual aspect of learning Mm -hmm. as well as the auditory aspect of it so now everything sounds muffled and that's acceptable well, they don't. They can't see how the teacher's moving his or her mouth. Right. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, man. I know. Uh, I mean, that was fun. Breaking news right in the middle of what's going on here. And yeah, but Claude's doing some shit, and it, the UFO took off. Now there's no masks in Delaware. Excellent. Our fucking governor got sued over it. Did he? Good. Over over the mask mandate. He lifted a mask mandate in uh, February and said, "Well." Yeah, but we're going to keep it in effect until the end of March for schools. And he got fucking sued over it. And then he was like, emergency meeting. They don't have to do it anymore. (laughs) Don't shoot me. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Goofball. Fucking Delaware. Don't lynch me. Was Delaware (laughs) the last state to do a lynching? No. Uh, Son of a bitch. Oh, wait. The last state. Yeah, I think it was the last state. And it Um, didn't happen like... It feels like it was weirdly recent. Yeah, I believe it was the 70s, man. That's so crazy it, to think it, about. That can't be right. That cannot be right, can it? I I don't know. I don't know. France was the last public execution. Was that by guillotine? That, I believe that was guillotine, yeah. And that was, I want to say that was in the 60s or 70s. God, so even maybe, that seems crazy recent. So maybe the... The death by hanging in Delaware was earlier than that, but yeah, that I mean, bizarre, right? Yeah. Honestly, though, if you're gonna kill me, guillotine, just whoosh, done. Like I'm not surviving that. You don't survive that. No, it, a hanging. You, I mean, you could struggle for a little bit. 
yeah, electric chair, people sit there and just for a while. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Lethal injection, though. I mean, you're just pump full of cocktail, baby. You just dream yeah. your way out of it. I mean, as long as it happens like that, as long as it's uh, just kind of like into a dream state. But I mean, do they even know? Like oh, they say know. that's what happens, but they could just be, I don't know, f- filling us with uh, cotton candy and butterflies. You know, we don't know that that's for sure. They're, they could be going through some fucking hell. True. They just like they paralyze a person, but on purpose, burn them from the insides out. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, really, we don't know. Right. Well, this episode took a fuck of a turn. Mm. You guys are news with a mask, yeah. and then somehow we went to executions. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We do what? that. <laughs> I need, like, a train horn, like go, uh, like a train going <laughs> off the tracks, because <laughs> this is derailed, baby. <laughs> let, me, let me bring us back with a quote. Okay, here we go. And Claude said, uh, the whole thing took over five minutes, maybe ten. I've never seen anything like it. It looked like a shiny silk or something. I couldn't tell. I was going to tell, though, if I could have hit it with that rock. The fact that this farmer never tried to squeeze an ounce of publicity or make a penny of profit from this strange Valentine's Day experience has led many investigators to conclude that there would be no motivation for a prank on the part of Edwards. And further support of Edwards' claim is the uncanny trace evidence left behind in the field where the UFO had landed. Yeah, this is, I mean, hmm? it's it's oddly similar. I, I know I keep going back to it, but to Kelly Hopkinsville, because they didn't want a lot of, they only charge people to prevent people from coming. Like It's <laughs> right. like charging people an arm and a leg, and they're like, fuck, I'm not paying that, I'm not going. Right, but is that... A fault of ours that we're I, I was more attracted to this story because it sounds even more legit because the people that it happened to are like look I'm going to tell you the story but before you tell anybody else let me die because I want no part of whatever's going to come out of this yeah that's a that's a really big hiccup for me too with these stories because it's like don't say anything until I die. Like, why? Because you don't want the ridicule for being a bullshitter? Or why? Because you don't want the government coming after you because you saw something. Right. You know what I mean? It's a... It's a yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it's a double-edged sword because it's, it's not. But it, it could be one of two things. We right. just don't know what it is. Right. Um Ted Phillips, who arrived to interview Edwards not long after the events in question, was able to photograph the effects this UFO had on the field, including the spot where the support tube had met the soil. Here's his quote. When I arrived at the site, the traces were still quite visible. It was about three feet in diameter in a slightly irregular circle where the shaft had rested. The soil was extremely dehydrated in contrast with the surrounding soil. So where... So it was like a, a radius of dead grass, and then out beyond that was regular pasture grass. Yeah, almost like uh, it was climate controlled inside of there, and even in the uh, extraction tube or whatever you want to call it, like that was climate controlled too. Like it, like they were from a planet that was hot, like a dry heat, like Arizona. Right, and I'm wondering if I don't know. I keep going back to the way the rock would have skipped off of it. 
by magnetic or some sort of like a bubble. You could create a bubble out around yourself like when you go, you know, a vessel goes into the ocean and you have a protective bubble around it. Well, I mean, we talk. Not a bubble, but, you know, it's it's the plastics and the glass and the fiberglass and all that keeps you inside of a protected bubble. Yeah, you're inside of the bubble. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've said before that everything is vibration. So maybe they figured out a way to vibrate atoms out a certain distance to where it creates a shield that we can't see. You know what I mean? Maybe those atoms just, I don't know, a few feet away from the ship are vibrating in such a way that reflect things. Interesting. Like Tesla, so they, he did his earthquake machine. Oh, yeah. He just set it to a certain vibration thing, and he almost destroyed a whole fucking building. <laughs> and and he was testing it, well, not necessarily testing it, but it had the effects on the physics that we are aware of. Right. So maybe these guys are on a whole other level. Whatever they're doing, they are able to repel just plain water droplets and nitrogen and whatever is in our atmosphere. Well, I mean, it, it could literally just be, I mean, atoms. You know what I mean? Oh, like, they yeah, understand, yeah. they understand, like, maybe atoms are everything. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not just what we think they are. Maybe it literally does create everything, even these aliens. So they understand how to control these atoms, and we don't. We're just like, what? You got a fucking force field? <laughs> They're like right. stupid. All we do is turn on the fucking Huzima what's it and it, you know, it go, and I don't know. I don't know. But that's about all I have. There's just one little short piece from the end of the article. Uh, this would be the last encounter that Edwards ever reported with these peculiar space penguins and their mushroom shaped UFO. But I'd say it is a safe bet that as he stepped out of his modest home at the crack of dawn to begin his work week every morning, that he never did so without looking out in the field with some apprehension. And perhaps just a bit of anticipation. On the and old a pocket full of rocks. <laughs> a pocket full of rocks. <laughs> Always. Some people say never forget your fork because dessert is coming. Old Claude, don't ever forget your rocks because the space penguins will be back. Yeah, I never heard the fork thing, but that, yeah. Oh, really? You've never heard the fork thing? Never heard it, no. It's a, it's um, uh, I swear it was from some old lady or maybe some lady told me at a church service sometime where I've seen the quote somewhere, but the idea is always hang on to your fork because dessert is coming. There's something greater on the other side of this life. Oh, I was going to say, what if it's ice cream? Don't lose hope. Well, if it's good enough ice cream, you you could use a fork. I guess you could, yeah. What if it starts melting? I don't know, man. I figured out how to pick up whatever vessel the ice cream's in and just... <laughs> just that's slurp right. Slurp it out of the bowl <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> well, that's an interesting one, man. I mean, again, there's similarities in a, in a sense to the Kelly Hopkinsville thing. Right. Uh, Size-wise, uh, even the, the creatures seemed similar. Yeah. Uh, description wise no not at all but i mean it it's hard to say i mean they could have been could have been a binary planet system they came from 
maybe one planet they look like that, and one planet they look like uh, goblins, little frogmen. That's a good point. Uh, you know, maybe our green isn't their green. Our our yeah. light reflects off of them in a different way. Yeah, they could be pink back home. That'd be wild. Oh, shit. Yeah, like a magenta star at home. Maybe. I want to go. What would I look, Do you? look like under magenta? I don't know. Are you... <laughs> Don't picture me naked. Stop that. Hey, <laughs> I do that all the time. You don't have to Ooh. say what I look like. No homo. Oh, right, right. Not a lot of homo. I don't think I don't know if you can even say that anymore. Oh, that. Well, oh, okay. Now we've offended people. Guess everybody in Turkey stopped listening to us. That's all right. Turkey. <laughs> Fucking hungry. Yeah. If you want to read this article, I mean, I. I reworded it for what we were doing and made it a little spicier for bringing on the weird stuff, but millercountymuseum.org slash archives slash 111212. That's not too tough, I don't think. Um, or check out that book, Chasing American Monsters by Jason Offutt, O-F-F-U-T-T. He's done other stuff too. And I discovered another another website I'm going to frequent now, mysteriousuniverse.org. I think that's what it is. But anyway. Yeah. They they have a podcast. Serious Universe? Yeah. You stop this right now. Have you listen to that podcast? Me? Yeah. I love that podcast. What? I've accidentally stumbled on it because of all this. And you're like, yeah, yeah. totally. It's the thing. I love that podcast. <laughs> it's a great show. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. Who knew? Anyway, if you didn't. Before we hit the record button, we said yeah, we I was just. Say <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking the same fucking thing. We didn't say shit about Discord. Nope. And here we are at the very end. Everybody's not listening by now. Damn it! I wonder if anybody listens to the end. Once we're, we're like wrapping up, we're like, "Well, that's all I got." They're like, "Close it out." Done. I don't need to hear your stupid ads. But wait, why is there still seven minutes left to go? Hmm. Uh, maybe they might maybe. listen, but so if they're listening, weirdnesshq.com slash bring on the weird, and right there, they'll barely have to scroll. There's our Discord link. Mm-hmm. We are having a good ass time in the Discord, baby. Yeah, man, love those Discord guys. It's fun. Yeah, join in. We never know what's gonna happen. Right now, we're talking about the crazy shit that's happening in Ukraine. Yeah. Among other things. Who knows what we'll get into. We'll get bored of that sooner or later. Yeah, just random shit. I mean. Yeah. Uh, we talking about merch? Yeah, do it. Okay. Uh, for now, if you want to get some cool-ass merch, go to myconspiracytees.com slash bringontheweird, tpublic.com, and search bringontheweird, or zazzle.com slash store slash bringontheweird, or... Ooh. Go to weirdnesshq.com. Yep. And you can get some uh, vinyl heat press shirts. Fuck yeah. That, We're doing it ourselves, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, screen printed is going to come. As soon as I can get a fucking printer. My God, as soon as I can get a printer. <laughs> it's brutal. Nobody can get anything right now. They're all on no. some convoy somewhere, sitting on a shipment out in the Pacific. We don't know. We don't know where things are. Mm-hmm. But anyway, stay weird, world. 
and we'll see you guys next time.